Getting all sentimental at age 30 is a little arbitrary. I'm not that old. I also feel no different than the 29-year-old version of me from yesterday. But looking at it another way, I've now lived around a third of the total span of my life, assuming I'm lucky enough to live to 90. And I've just completed three full decades on the Earth. It's a nice round number, a good time to take stock. During my time alive, the world's changed considerably, faster than many prior 30-year segments of history. The internet, which mainstreamed around 1995, when I was three, is responsible for a lot of this acceleration. Newspapers foundered for the bulk of my teen years until institutions like the New York Times figured out how to become tech companies themselves. But modern journalism still seems to be finding its footing. We've seen many wars and conflicts, The planes crashed into the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, when I was nine. And we went from welcoming each other at the airport gate to welcoming each other outside the security cordon. Smoking sections vanished from restaurants. We went into Iraq for a second time. The U.S. deployed to and withdrew disastrously from Afghanistan. Cable TV got really popular and was subsequently displaced by streaming services. Video games became amazing Hollywood-quality works of storytelling. We got iPhones. The U.S. elected its first African-American president. Social media was great at first and then became pretty toxic. I went from being a Facebook power user in 2008 to deleting my account in 2019. I moved from various online platforms back to text messages to keep up with friends and family. Who would have thought that plain old email newsletters would make such a comeback, eh? Blockchains and cryptocurrencies came into existence and were just now starting to scratch the surface of their potential. Electric cars over the last 10 years not only became viable to drive cross-country, they got sexy. America sent the first astronauts to space on the SpaceX Crew Dragon two years ago after discontinuing the space shuttle flights when I was 19 and on and on it goes. I've compiled here a list of the people and things I'm grateful for, collected wisdom and things I wish I would have done differently over these past 30 years. I also made separate lists of my top books, movies and media, and places I've been so far, and I'll link those in the show notes. First, gratitude. I couldn't be more thankful for meeting my wife, Fiona, at a funky art talk in a motorcycle garage in Salt Lake City. That one event was the starting point for some of the wildest adventures of my life yet. Fiona is the best companion I could have asked for. We have the same set of interests, the same hunger for awesome experiences, complementary life goals, and an identical sense of humor, which is generally crude and irreverent. I'm thankful for having a loving family who had the means to give me a great education and show me the world. I'm grateful for having a sound mind, even if I'm a little crazy or paranoid sometimes, though I think everyone probably is to some degree. Not going off the deep end with drugs or alcohol. Starting a goal-tracking routine that I live by. I got obsessed with productivity right after college and read a bunch of books about it. It may have gotten a little unhealthy at times, this fascination with personal life operating systems. I've also heard it referred to as productivity porn But all of this trial and error and thinking boiled down to an effective set of habits that I stick to religiously. 
I set aspirations for who I want to be and what sort of lifestyle I want on a five to 10 year kind of horizon. And then I plan a year ahead more definitively. I then set goals each week to get myself to those yearly goals. The key has been to build a lot of flexibility and forgiveness into the system. Life throws opportunities and curveballs at you left and right, and you have to be able to adapt. I'm also just frankly grateful for making it to age 30. Small as it may be, just getting to this point feels lucky. It's more time on the earth than a lot of people have had throughout history. For example, there's this whole weird thing about how tons of famous people die at the age of 27. I'll link to that too in the show notes. Key learnings over 30 years. I want to caveat here that I can't take credit for most of these. You'll find a lot of this stuff embedded in books, both ancient and modern. I also don't mean to say that these are all true all the time for all people, but they're tenets that I've generally seen hold true. Now, enough preamble. First, you have limited energy. That is, the force that makes you act and push toward goals. Prioritization is essential if you want to achieve big, difficult things. Focus on the minimum number of things you can and deprioritize the rest. Figure out what gives you energy and do more of that. For me, it's making stuff, like blogs, podcasts, videos, food, stuff for my job. Achieving big, difficult things. And generally just being outside. Build momentum toward a desired persona, like I am a writer, or I am a runner, using routines and habits. If you simply do certain things enough, you become the persona you want to adopt. Run a few miles every day for a month, and you'll probably feel that you are now a runner. Stop doing the habit regularly, and you cease to be that persona. I think this cuts both ways, you know, good and bad. You know, an example of a, of a persona you could ditch is like being a smoker. You know, that's a good thing. Just don't practice the habit. Just a note that this idea comes in large part from my reading of Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I would recommend reading if you're interested in Clear's broader argument about the incredible power of repetition for good and ill. Value experiences over things. It's better and much more achievable to build your life around a desired lifestyle than it is to aim your goals at acquiring specific and expensive possessions. For example, wanting a yacht. Hard versus wanting a life where you go boating frequently. Achievable. Also, if you aim for a lifestyle of awesome experiences, you're more likely to be happy than acquiring an object once, after which your enjoyment of it diminishes rapidly. There's tons of research around that. Conflict most often comes down to poor communication and misunderstanding, rather than malevolence. Try as hard as possible to disagree with people in good faith, and you'll preserve more relationships and maybe even make them better. There are few critics worth responding to, especially in the age of the internet. Ignore most people if they have something mean to say. Engaging with mean people transfers energy from you to them and makes you look and feel small. Here's a rule of thumb. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You'll probably level up if you surround yourself with excellence. Hang out with artists, iconoclasts, and hacker types who want to change the status quo. They tend to rub off in a positive way and show you a vision for how much more awesome your world can be. There's a difference, though, between being iconoclastic and being a cynic. Be vigilant and ruthlessly cut out cynical people from your regular rotation. 
If you can't cut them out entirely, do whatever you can to limit your exposure to protect your own well-being. There are a few jobs worth being shackled to a geographic location for, particularly if you're young with no responsibilities or much to lose. I think doctors, firefighters, EMTs, soldiers, etc. are pretty obvious exceptions, but aim for remote work to give yourself physical and mental flexibility. Go see the world. Long commutes to a generic office building just suck your soul over time. People are much more willing to accept your boundaries and preferences if you clearly communicate them. Unless they're totally sociopathic, those in your orbit generally want you to be happy because they want stability themselves. But it's dangerous to assume that other people can read your mind. Ask for what you want. In the job world, that could be the pay you want, boundaries around exercise, fewer meetings, or time for family. In the world of personal relationships, alone time for creativity, declaring what annoys you, and lifestyle goals with a partner. Be authentic, but adaptable. You can't talk to your coworkers like you would friends at a bar after six cocktails and expect good results, but in the opposite direction, refrain from virtue signaling. People are pretty good at detecting bullshit and posturing. Those things backfire. Along those lines, condescension is the number one way to set people against you. Allies and coalitions are key to achieving big, difficult things. Learn how to point networks of people at the same goal and mediate between different views by trying it repeatedly. In finance, it's generally prudent over the long term to place your assets in diversified index funds to maximize returns and outperform inflation. Companies like Wealthfront help you do this cheaply. Investing in individual stocks and cryptocurrencies is fun, but it's gambling. Keeping some fiat cash on hand is good, but always remember that it's evaporating value like dry ice. Formal degrees are meaningless without associated independent learning and initiative. A master's may get your foot in the door with an employer, but your ability to rapidly cultivate useful skills outside of a college class is something that actually sets you apart in the free market. Like a lot of other people in Silicon Valley, I now hold quite a bit of contempt for the college industrial complex and the culture of job descriptions that stipulate a four-year bachelor degree in blank or relevant field, when what really matters is what you've actually built before and your drive to continue. I also hold contempt for the fetishization of Ivy League universities and how our culture still seems to teach kids that they need to go into $250,000 of debt for an English degree. You don't need credibility stamps. You need to feed your curiosity, take action, and make things of value. Do-overs. We're shaped by our experiences, especially our mistakes, so wishing for a do-over is paradoxical. You wouldn't be the same person if you had your way. You might have a completely different brain. Or you might even be dead, having selected other paths. There's of course the butterfly effect to consider. One small change would cascade and you'd get to a present with crazy different outcomes. Since you can't go back, it's kind of pointless, even counterproductive, to ruminate on stuff you wish happened differently. All that said, I think it's good to acknowledge these things in case they help you avoid mistakes in the future. So for me, my list was, first, 
I probably should have signed up for the military right after college and served for a few years. Given the choice, it would have been the Air Force. Military service runs deep in my family, and I still feel a gap in my soul for not having participated. I haven't ruled it out entirely at this point, and I'd like to think that I would volunteer in a heartbeat given a dire enough political situation. But short of that, life has taken me elsewhere. I would have studied computers more exclusively in my formal and informal education up to this point, since software is really eating the world. I mucked about with some other pursuits in college that I think were just maybe a little distracting. Last, I'm also just generally plagued by the sense of never having given my all in, well, any endeavor in my whole life. I feel like I can't point to any one achievement or success after which I had no more to give. It's something to think about in years ahead. I recognize that is a somber note to end on, but any mistakes or omissions on my part are far outweighed by all that's gone well. Like I said in the segment on gratitude, I'm here, I'm healthy, I'm surrounded by great folks. Cheers to 30 years.